Good morning, and welcome to Drawing the Morning. This is Stuart McClellan, the pastor of the Altoona Bible Church. We are conveniently located at Union Avenue and 31st Street on Route 36, the Columbia Park section of Altoona. We hope that this broadcast will help you think on the things of the Lord as you prepare your heart for ministry among the saints today. Stay tuned for the next 30 minutes of inspiring music, challenging stories, and a Bible study. Listen now as the Altoona Bible Church Choir opens our broadcast this morning with a song entitled, To God Be the Glory. There was a day when men were not worried if weights and measures were only approximate. The inch was the measure of the large joint of the king's thumb. The foot was the length of the royal foot, and the yard was the distance between the king's nose when he was looking straight ahead and the end of his thumb when his arm was extended to the side. Of course, these standards are now much more exact than they used to be. In 1926, when Mr. John E. Sears was the leading British authority on measures, he reported to the Royal Institute of Great Britain that the standard for the yard during the reign of Queen Elizabeth I had been still in use as a standard in 1824. During the interval, it had been broken and crudely repaired by binding two pieces together with two strips of sheet, brass, and copper wires. This is enough to make any self-respecting scientist's hair turn white. 
It is not astonishing then that when men are willing to spend vast sums of money and great time and energy to measure the millionth part of the width of a hair, that they are so lax in their desire for moral and spiritual measure. Yet God has given us standards more exact than any devised by man. The Bible and God does not vary the decillionth of a millimeter in their unchanging standards. Do you wish to know what God requires of you? The law will measure you to show you how far short you fall. The matchless Lord Jesus Christ will reveal every shade of this perfection. Do you want to know the cost of bridging the distance between your fallen heart and the white holiness of God? The cross will measure it to the last infinite cent. It took an expedition of French scientists more than a year to find the length of a meter. They described it as the 140th millionth of the Earth's circumference measured on the equator at sea level. When they returned to Paris with their results, they were challenged by some scientists who said the meter could not be exact because of the contraction due to the change of temperature, and by others who said that the equator was a circle and a section of an arc could not be exact as a section of a straight line. No one can ever question our divine measures. However, for Christ never faileth, and whether it be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether it be tongues, they shall cease. Whether it be knowledge, it shall vanish away. And now abideth faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Christ's expedition to earth to confirm the divine measures of the love can never be called into question. We are loved with an unmeasurable, everlasting, a divine love by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Listen now as Diane Susak sings for us this beautiful song entitled, My Faith Has Found a Resting Place. My faith has found a resting place, not in device nor creed. I trust the ever-living one, his wounds for me shall plead. I need no other argument, I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died, and that he died for me. My heart is The written word of God, salvation by my Savior's name, salvation through his blood. I need no other argument, I need no other that Jesus died and that he died for me. Must Jesus bear the 
to join the morning, which is presented each Sunday at the same time by the Altoona Bible Church. We pray that as you listen to our broadcast this morning, you are encouraged, and that you and your family are getting ready to attend a good Bible teaching Sunday school and church. If you don't have a church of your own to attend, we invite all who are seeking a Bible-honoring, Bible-teaching church to join us for services. We begin with our Sunday school hour at 9.30. Here we have many classes for the various age groups. We also have a supervised nursery for little ones for all of our services. Then at 10.45 we all gather in the main auditorium for our morning worship service. Then at 6.45 we begin our closing service of the day, our evening fellowship hour. It is important that Christians gather together to study God's Word. Listen now as Tyler Cook plays for us on the violin this lovely song, Meditation.
The residents of uncertain Texas are no longer uncertain as to whether or not they live in uncertain. That is because years ago an election was held to incorporate the town and after some time it was decreed valid by County Judge C.L. Ray. The issue passed by a vote of 58 to 11. The town of Uncertain is located northeast of Marshall on the banks of the Cotto Lake near Louisiana border. Judge Ray said the town of Uncertain is certainly a town under Texas statutes, and he called an election to elect a mayor, marshal, and five aldermen. It is probably somewhat confusing when a resident of Uncertain, Texas visits a distant city and is asked for his place of residence. When he answers uncertain, the inquirer might say, Surely you know where you reside. And the Texan would reply, Yes, I am certain that I live in uncertain. He might have to give a brief explanation of how the town received its name in order to satisfy the questioner, that the Texan is certain about uncertain. Spiritually speaking, there is an uncertain wherein multitudes live. They are uncertain about their condition before God, uncertain about God's way of salvation, uncertain about their eternal destiny. There is a satisfaction to listen to a person who knows whereof he speaks. The Apostle Peter said the Lord, Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. The Apostle John said, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. 
The Apostle Paul said, I know whom I believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. With Bibles in hand, we can certain that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We can be certain that God loves us and has given his beloved Son to die for our sins and rise again. We can be certain of the way of salvation, for the Lord himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. We can be certain that the destiny of all believers is to be with and like the Lord Jesus Christ. And even folks who live in uncertain Texas can be sure if they are trusting the Lord that he will keep them through this life and will finally meet them in the air. They can be sure and you can be sure. Listen to the words of this song as John DeLapp sings, He Touched Me.
Time now for a Bible study portion for our broadcast. And this morning, the topic of our Bible study is rightly dividing the word of truth, the gift of healing. Are there healings found in the word of God? Absolutely, yes. Did God use gifted individuals to heal other individuals? Yes. Is the gift of healing a part of God's program in the dispensation of grace? No. Understand as believers, we can pray to God, we commit everything to God in prayer, including physical concerns or physical infirmities. This study is not about what God can do or limiting God. It's about the gift of healing. It's the gift of healing by a man in the operation during the dispensation of grace? And the answer is no. If the gift of healing truly exists in dispensation of grace, where gifted individuals could heal anyone, there would be no need of hospitals. The Lord Jesus Christ healed. He healed the Roman centurion's servant, Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 to 13. He healed Peter's mother-in-law, Matthew chapter 8, verses 14 to 17. The gospel of the kingdom included healing, Matthew chapter number 9, verse 35. And remember, we just studied the so-called Great Commission and looked at Mark 16, 15 to 20, which included healing. The apostle Peter healed. The apostles Peter and John healed the lame man, Acts chapter 3. And everyone knew who the lame man was, because he had been lame since birth. Even the Jewish council could say nothing against it, against the healing, Acts chapter 4, verse 14. Acts chapter 5, verses 12, 15, and 16 say these words. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were with one accord in Solomon's porch. Insomuch as they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on the beds and couches, that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. And there came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. The Apostle Paul healed. He healed at the city of Ephesus, Acts chapter number 19, verse 11 and 12. He healed on the island of Maleta, which is modern-day Malta, Acts chapter 28, verses 7 through verse number 9. Here are some important questions to ponder. Why did the Apostle Paul leave Trophimus sick at Miletum? 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 20. Aratus abode at Corinth, but Trophimus have I left at Miletum sick. Why didn't the Apostle Paul heal him? Why didn't the Apostle Paul heal Timothy of his stomach problems and his often infirmities? 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 23. Drink no longer water, but use a little wine for thy stomach's sake and thy often infirmities. And the word infirmities was also translated disease in Acts 28, 9. The word sickness in John chapter 11, verse 4. And the apostle Paul actually gloried in his infirmities. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 5 and verse number 10. Epapodiris was sick. He was so sick that he was very close to death. And it was not the Apostle Paul who healed him, but God had mercy on him. Philippians chapter 2, verses 25 through verse 27. And yet I suppose it necessary to send to you, Epapodiris, my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier, but your messenger, that he ministered to my wants. For he longed after you all and was full of heaviness, because that he had heard that he had been sick. For indeed he was sick nigh unto death. 
But God had mercy on him, and not on him also, only, but also on me, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. The church in Corinth had one of its gifts, and it was a gift of healing, 1 Corinthians twelve nine, To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. Why was healing found in the book of Acts, done by both the apostles Peter and Paul? It was an operation during that time. You need to understand the book of Acts. The book of Acts is a transitional book. The book of Acts connects the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, to the Pauline epistles, Romans to Philemon. So where the gift of healing was an operation in the order of the day, the gift of healing is not now in operation during the dispensation of God's grace. The perfect came through the completion of God's word through the Apostle Paul, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We have to rest in God's full grace, God's full comfort, and God's mercy. Truly, the word of God has to be rightly, rightly divided. Second Timothy 2.15, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman who needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. If the Bible is not rightly divided, there is going to be complete and utter confusion in such shocking discouragement to individuals because they have gone to Scripture. So you can go back to these verses of Scripture in Matthew 8 with Christ healing the centurion servant. You go back to the Gospel of the Kingdom in Matthew 9.35. You go back to the Great Commission that we looked and studied in Mark 16.15-20. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Remember, the Gospel message then was believe and water baptism, you're saved. And then it says, these signs shall follow them. Is that scriptural? Absolutely. But it's not dispensational. It's not for us today. We need to understand that we need to rest in God's Word. We need to rest in God's Word right divided. If you have any questions about our study or any other questions or Bible verses that you would like studied in light of the Word of God rightly divided, please contact Pastor Stewart at the Altoona Bible Church. The church's phone number is 942-2131 or you can email me at altoonabible at altoonabible.org. We need to study God's Word. We need to understand God's Word and clearly we need to rightly divide God's Word because it affects how we live for God today. Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ, your Savior? If you never trust Him, the gospel is very simple. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ right now, right where you're at, and God will save you now and throughout and keep you throughout all eternity. Won't you trust Him right now? been listening to Join the Morning from the Altoona Bible Church. We trust that you've received real spiritual blessing from this broadcast. It is our prayerful desire that you know the Lord Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. So until we meet again by radio, this is Pastor Stuart McClellan wishing you God's best for now and for eternity. Good morning in my heart.